By the time Hurricane Katrina made landfall near Burris, Louisiana, early on the morning of August 29, 2005, the flooding had already begun. At 5 a.m., an hour before the storm struck land, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, which administered a system of levees and flood walls in and around New Orleans, received a report that the levees of the 17th Street Canal had been breached. Massive storm surges sent torrents of water over the levees, and by 9 a.m., just four hours later, there was six to eight feet of water throughout the lower Ninth Ward. In the next hours, more than 80% of the entire city would be underwater. Flooding continued to expand north of New Orleans into Lake Pontchartrain, where the I-10 twin-span bridge was rendered completely unusable. The cause of the collapse of the bridges generated great interest among hydrologists and structural engineers, as well as among the general public. What made this case study even more important was the fact that two nearby bridges sustained the effects of the same storm surge and suffered only light damage. You guys want to see the pic? Yeah, this is the kind of thing that uh, my wife fears more than anything else. Anytime we drive across the bridge, this is what she thinks is going to happen, literally. Um, and, and it's a good thing I didn't show you the pictures uh, uh, where there were some cars on the bridge. Those were kind of crazy. Hey, let's keep reading this article. On October 7, 2005, the U.S. Geological Survey Center sent a reconnaissance team to inspect in detail the failure of the I-10 twin-span bridge. Their report revealed that while the bridge's foundation and structure were strong enough for everyday use, the change to its environment introduced by the storm exposed the bridge's weaknesses. In short, the I-10 twin-span bridge was not built to withstand the storm. This is where we are heading for the next few weeks. How do you build a life that can withstand any storm? And that's so relevant right now because 2020 has just been a storm. I mean, everything seems to have been shaken up in our world. How we shop, how we do work, how we do school, how we interact with people. I mean, you know, we've all mastered this move where do I, do I, I shake your hand? But no, I, I, sh- should we fist bump? Maybe not. Maybe just elbows, thumbs up, holy cross, like what, whatever, whatever works. Um, we've all figured that out. I mean, there's, there's been storms in the economy and the politics social storms and, 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 and just in our culture. Uh, and then there are literal tropical storms. I don't know if you know this, but 2020, we've had twice as many tropical storms as an average year. So much so that we are now on the Greek alphabet. Storm beta just came out this past week and uh, we're just, we even have more to come. Uh, I know that maybe we haven't all felt those uh, top, tropical storms, but I'd say the storms that you and I have felt the most in 2020 are the internal ones. You know, the ones from worry and anxiety and uncertainty, just the storms of exhaustion. I mean, everything being new, just the COVID fatigue. I mean, we've just, we've felt that, the, the, the storms of fear, the storm of isolation. I mean, how many of you know that it just doesn't matter who you are or how old you are or what your Enneagram number is, too much isolation can mess with you. None of us enjoy times where everything gets shaken. However, there is something positive about times of shaking, and it's this. Times of shaking reveal what you're standing on. When things start to get shaken up, I mean, that's when we learn very quickly if what we are standing on is strong enough to hold us. Truly, times of shaking are the ultimate truth test 
for the life you and I build. And seasons like the one we've all been in, they, they beg the question, is the life I've built strong enough to withstand the storms? I mean, think about it. It's easy to build a life that can withstand the everyday. There's lots of foundations you can use for that. Lots of different people from lots of different uh, backgrounds and perspectives do that. It, it's easy and it's convenient, but it's not necessarily wise. And you and I both know there's just no such thing as a life without storms. That life doesn't exist. So here's the big idea. And, and here's what I kind of want to put out for us to consider. It, is there such a thing as an unshaken or unshakable life? Does that thing even exist? And, and if so, how do you get there? And what I hope for you and what I hope for us is that in this series, we will be able to learn how to go through times of shaking. And when they come into our life, we can be left standing and strong. My desire for you is that you can have a life where your identity is so deeply rooted and established in spite of whatever circumstances you are facing, where you can be honest about your past, but where your past doesn't haunt you. You can be free from everything of your past, where you can live a life of significance and of purpose and yet not be tossed by the waves of insecurity and comparison. A life marked by unconditional joy, unconditional love, and unconditional peace, even in the middle of a storm. And I think those are the kinds of things that define an unshaken life. I think peace is a word that many of us would, would associate with that kind of life. I mean, that, that's what we long for. And so what we hope to discover in the next few weeks and what God is inviting each of us to wrestle with is how do we build a life that is unshaken? And today, I want to help you know what the foundation of that life is, where you and I have to start. And we're going to do that by looking at a psalm in the Old Testament. And I love the psalms because the psalms are, are, are full of raw human emotion and brutal honesty. They're these collection of poems and songs written by multiple authors uh, that cover kind of a, a great span of just the, the people of God and just their relationship with Him. And, you know, it's crazy everything that it covers. I mean, in the psalms, you have as I said, that, that, that raw emotion, you've got passion and anger, you've got frustration and joy, victory, uh, nervousness, grief, sorrow, beauty, and trust. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but that just sounds like a typical school day morning in the Baldwin house before we even get on, you know, get them out the door. Uh, we can go through all those range of emotions. But no, but seriously, you, you know, there's actually in the Psalms, uh, I believe that they can help us in two ways. One, I think they can help us put our honest experiences and our brutal emotions to words. You know, sometimes uh, we just need that to kind of help pull it out of us. It's hard to it's hard to dictate what we're going through or what we're feeling. And, and sometimes the Psalms can help us. But I, I think the other thing that the Psalms can do is they, they teach us how to see things from a different perspective, especially when uh, our emotions are, are so raw in the moment. And so that's actually the reason for the 46th Psalm. And that's where we're kind of diving in today. In fact, I just want to say just real quick before we go there, that God is really okay with our honest emotions. He, he is okay with us diving in 
uh, and, and being honest with him. But I think even in those spaces, he wants to show us how we can trust him and, and how we can really learn uh, how to lean into that. And again, that's what this psalm's all about. So Psalm 46 uh, is where we're going. And, and you can get the backdrop of this psalm in 2 Kings chapters 18 and 19. That's a, a section of history, kind of explains the history uh, of, of, the, uh, of, of the Israelites, the people of God during that time. And, and so the authors uh, of this psalm and their community, they were living through these years of invasion from a neighboring, neighboring civilization. This invading nation had taken out each of their surrounding uh, kind of people groups. They burned cities that were surrounding uh, the Israelites, the, 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 the Jewish people. And, and when they finally came for the Jewish capital of Jerusalem, they besieged the city for three years. They closed it off so that no one could get in and no one could get out. I mean, the people were quarantined with food supplies and their water lines drying out. I mean, there was constant fear, constant uncertainty. The people just kept asking themselves, is this the day that everything falls apart? Can you feel their storm? And in the midst of this, these psalmists, inspired by God himself and by his words, they wrote from this intentional vantage point. You know, they look back over the long arc of their people's story, a history of family feuds and divisions and crises and wars and nasty politics and famines and slavery and bondage. And even as they see all the trouble and all the hardship, even there, and even though they are facing an invading nation, they choose to focus on something that has been more faithful and more constant through it all. And by rehearsing the story of their past, the psalmists help the people and they help you and me. They remind you and me of how to stay unshaken even in the middle of our own storm. And here's where they begin. Psalm 46, starting at verse 1, says, God is our refuge and strength. Our refuge in the middle of the storm. He's where we run to, our hiding place. He's our safety and he's our strength. Why? Because God is our ever-present, always with us, help in any trouble we face. God is with us. God is by our side. God is with you. He is the ever-present, always there when you call Heavenly Father. And because He is with us, as they say, we will not be afraid. Even if, even if the earth is shaken and the mountains fall into the ocean depths, even if the seas roar in rage and the hills, they are shaken by the violence. Some of you may describe your current season exactly like that. You know, the devastation is so surreal. It's like the landscape of your entire life has been, has been changed and it's falling apart. The noise, the roar, and the rage, it's deafening. And the constant waves of anxiety are impossible to anticipate and even see above some days. But in this space of brutal honesty and raw emotion, the psalmist can still say, you know what? Because God is with us, we will not fear. And this is my prayer for your life, that no matter what happens, no matter what you are facing, no matter what storm rocks your world, you could be in a place where fear doesn't take control. That God would become this present, this close to your daily life so that you could say, even if the earth is giving way, even if I lose my job, or even if the relationship 
does fall apart or even if there's another outbreak or even if the economy gets shaken, even if my world is shaken, we will not be afraid. Why? Because God is with me. Because God will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He is what I need. He is my safety. He is my identity. He is my strength, my comforter, my source. Because God, He is my rock. He is the holder of my future. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is the father that never stops pursuing me. And He is my comforter that ministers to me in my time of need. And God, He is my peace. Here is an important insight for you and me today. That peace doesn't come from the absence of a storm, but peace comes from the presence of God. And when you recognize that even in the presence of a storm, God is right beside you, that he is with you and strengthening you, it changes how you ride out the storm. It changes your attitude. It changes how you live. And it's not about the size of the ways. It's not about the storm surge. It's about who is with you in the middle of that storm. In fact, in the New Testament, there's a powerful story about some of Jesus's closest followers being in the middle of a storm. And they were on this boat. And the crazy part of the story is that Jesus was actually asleep underneath in the boat. I mean, you just can't make that up. And, 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 you know, the disciples, they, they respond to the storm so you know just so much like what we do i mean the same way i respond in the middle of the storm they just freak out you know they they start talking to jesus and calling for jesus and they're they're saying stuff like this isn't fair we're all gonna die jesus where are you don't you care aren't you gonna do anything and jesus wakes up and he says to them why are you so afraid and and listen to this why is your fear so big and your faith in who I am, so little. Why is your fear so big and your faith in who I am so little? And then an incredible thing happened is Jesus turned and he says, peace be still. And not only did the storm be still, but the disciples themselves, they were stilled. They experienced peace. Why did they experience peace? Because Jesus was in the boat. Jesus was with them. See, real peace is not found in the absence of a storm, but peace is found in the presence of Jesus. And awestruck and amazed, these disciples, they ask each other, who is this Jesus that even the winds and the waves obey him? You know, they, they needed to hear him say these things so that they would come to know Jesus in a whole fresh way. It was in the middle of their storm that they came to know him. It was right there in the middle. They came to understand and know Jesus like they had never known him before. The moment he spoke the words, peace, be still. And I love that Jesus uses those words. Uh, you know, and, and I know Jesus uh, w- was familiar with the Psalms. I know we know that he sang the Psalms with his disciples. The night before his, his last supper, in that evening, they, they sing psalms together. We know he knows it. I just think he's too intentional. He's too, he's too, um, you know, he, he, he's too good about knowing how this works. And, and, and I love that he says, peace be still, because that's exactly how the psalmist comes back at the end of their psalm in Psalm 46. And they quote God's word to this people who are facing an invading nation. And the psalmist, after kind of sharing this from this place of brutal honesty and raw emotions and exposing all the things that were shaking up their world, 
they, they share this quote from God, this word God was speaking directly to the people and he speaks it directly to you and me. And he says, be still and know that I am God. Be still, steady your heart, steady your mind and know that I am God. I mean, really know. God, listen to this, God connects our peace with knowing him. And not just about no, you know, not just know about him, but to have a personal, firsthand experience of knowing God. Like Jesus' disciples in their storms, he says, in the midst of the storm is this invitation to know me like you have never known me before. And what's so amazing about this invitation from God is that he wants us. I mean, think about this. The God of who created the universe, the God who created you, he wants you to know him. And this is not about just an intellectual knowledge. It's about an intimate knowledge. It's so much more than uh, you know, just a religion or, or, or an understanding or a concept of God. It's about his presence, his spirit being with you in your everyday life. God doesn't want you just to just know that he's sovereign, but that he is sovereign in your life. God doesn't want you to just know that he is the promise keeper, but he is the promise keeper in your life. God doesn't want you to just know that he is the Lord of peace. He wants you to experience his peace and know that he is in control of your peace and your life. And today, if you want to build that life that is unshaken, that can withstand even the fiercest storms, that life begins by knowing God. In fact, that's the the one thing to know today, that the foundation of an unshakable life is knowing God. And if you're feeling shaken by the storms in your life, be still and know God. If the uncertainties about tomorrow are causing these internal waves of anxiety and, and darkness and depression, be still and know God. And today, for you and me, for anyone, no matter who you are or what your past has been or where you come from, you can have a personal, intimate, firsthand relationship with God, your creator and your heavenly father through Jesus Christ. That's the whole reason he came. Jesus tells us in in John 17 that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the father except through me. And catch this, He says, if you really know me, you will know God. In fact, this is part of my story. Uh, And and maybe you're like me. You know, growing up, my mom uh, took me, I have have two older brothers, much taller. um, uh, And uh, I have, my mom took me and my two older brothers to church a lot. It was just what you did. It was just kind of the thing to do, the thing we did. And I thought that just because I was in church, I was safe safe from the storms of life. You know, I, I was in, I was, I was good to go. And although growing up, I knew a lot about God, I didn't yet realize that that's not the same thing as knowing God. And uh, years went by and I found myself in a storm. It was a storm that lasted for about three years. And, and I, I just was very isolated. I, I was angry. Honestly, I was depressed. I didn't understand that at the time, but I was and um, in trying to avoid my emotions and, and t- trying to deal with the, the shakenness and, and just the turmoil, I ended up turning to some, to some pretty damaging behaviors. And these behaviors had an appetite that grew and grew and became addictive in my life. And, and, and I ended up doing things I never thought I would do. I ended up 
kind of becoming someone I never thought I would become. And I didn't realize that the decisions I was making in those days would end up leaving a mark on my life for years to come. And fortunately, during that season, my isolation and depression, my mom reached out again and invited me to go to church with her. And I'm so glad. Honestly, I thank God that she didn't stop inviting me once I turned into that angry, distant, isolated son. She had no idea that I just needed to be there in God's presence one more time. And I'll be honest, I don't remember much about that day. I don't remember the program. I don't remember the songs they sang. I don't remember the message the pastor gave. But here's what I do remember. I know that day I experienced the presence of God in my life. I mean, it was like, and not just like, he was in the room. And I remember feeling that night like God was speaking directly to me. And at the end of the service, the pastor invited me, uh, people to respond. I mean, he, if you've been in churches, you've, you've had this moment. They invite people to respond to God. And, and that night, I literally, I got down on my knees and I, I said to God, I need you in my life. I, I need you. I need to know you. And I just reached out and I invited him in. And right there, something broke in me. Something changed. There was like this immediate weight off my chest and this heart that walked in those doors angry and depressed now felt an immediate sense of deep love. I'll never forget that night because that's the night I really began to know God personally. That's the night I began my relationship with him. Truly, I can pinpoint that night as the moment that forever changed the trajectory of my life. It was a new start for me. And I began to pray more and and not just talk to God, but hear from God and know his love for me and know his love for this world. Man, just really understand that to know the, the good plan he had for my life. I began reading the scriptures, not just for information, but to get to know God more, his ways, his passion, the promises that I learned were trustworthy. I could stand on those promises. And I began really surrendering my life and my agenda and my opinions to him. You know, I I remove myself and my own strength and my own ideas from the foundation of my life and I begin to build my life on this personal relationship with God, the solid rock. And I can honestly say that that, that personal relationship with God, really knowing him has shaped my life more than anything else. You know, even while launching this church, we ran into so many barriers with COVID and with buildings being shut down and equipment being back ordered. And some days the storm was fierce. The emotions were raw and real. But our foundation remained unshaken because this church wasn't our idea. It wasn't our vision. This was God's dream. And and there were some days we just literally had to pray, God, you got us into this. You've got to see us through it. And I'll tell you what's incredible is this week, Hannah and I were on a walk and we wrote down a list of nine miracles that took place just since this past March. Miracles that happened right when it seemed like the mountains were falling into the heart of the sea. And now because of those moments, because of those stories, we know God like we never knew him before. And now we can say God has been our refuge and strength. God has been our always present help in every trouble we have faced. And so we will not fear, even if, even if 
even if God did not let the storm dictate our story. And even in the presence of the shakenness and, and the storms, we found peace because the presence of God. And just like God had a dream to start a new church and a new community in Glen Allen, He has a dream for your life. He has a plan and a purpose for you. And He's not going to let a storm leave you down. God's not going to let you fall. God's got this. And He's got, got you. Man, He has got you. No matter who you are, no matter where you find yourself today, you can reach out to God and ask Him to be with you. God made a promise in Scripture that when you draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. In fact, before we move any further with the message, we just want to do that. We want to take a moment, if you are here, and you just need a fresh sense of God's presence in your life, right here, right in the middle of whatever you're going through, I want you to reach out a hand right now. Reach out for God so I can pray with you. No matter where you are in the room, or if you're next door, or if you're listening online, you can reach out. Yeah, let's pray together. God, I just pray right now that you would fulfill your promise and you would draw near to those who are reaching out to you. Would you make your presence known by your spirit? Show them that you are there with them right here and right now. That in the midst of this storm and their fears and their anxiety, God, you can come and bring your peace. Would you do that? And God, would you speak and show us what those steps are, what, what we need to do in our hearts and in our lives to truly shift from building our lives uh, on our own strength and really building our lives on you. God, show us how to do that. We choose today to trust you, to give you the honor and the praise, and we thank you that, God, where your presence is, there is your peace. So we say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen.